Hey everyone, welcome to the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include the mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organizations through your people. My guest today is the co-founder and CEO of ArtLab, a mobile learning SaaS platform empowering organizations to upscale desktop workforce. ArtLab empowers organizations to easily create, distribute, and track training sent directly to staff phones without the need for an app. It is backed by Space Ventures, Biz Ventures, and is part of Holon IQ's Southeast Asia EdTech 50. This is my guest's second startup. He started his career at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, serving in London and Singapore as Portfolio Manager and Deputy Director. He is an Associate Lecturer at SIM. He is an Associate Lecturer at SIM Global Education and volunteers as a Community Mentor to Lower Income Kids. Please welcome James Chia. Thanks for coming on the show, James. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, tell us, what is Arc Lab and what problem is it trying to solve? Well, ArcLab is a mobile learning platform. So we, just like you would use PowerPoint to create slide decks, L&D professionals and trainers would use ArcLab to basically easily create bite-sized and targeted digital learning modules and performance support materials and send directly to workforce learners. And what motivated you to be involved? Were you doing something similar before this? Well, I think for me, right, the reason for setting up Outlet is really a desire to create impact la, for those who are least able to help themselves and not well served by the current system. So I'm not actually an educator, but I lecture at SIM sometimes and I did corporate training work for a few years. But I think you and I agree that human capital is very important. So investing in human capital is key to social mobility and better lives and livelihoods. La. But yet, you know, the in society, right, we don't do much justice to upskilling our rank-and-file workforce, particularly those that I term deskless workers, i.e. those without a workstation or cubicle. So, right, research estimates that there are 2.7 billion deskless workers globally. So that's more than two-thirds of the world's workforce. So there is a lot of lives that we can impact, and I think our desire is to help to improve their skill sets, do their jobs better and help companies to achieve better outcomes for business and justifiably pay better salaries to workers who are most vulnerable. So we saw scope to use good andrology, design and tech and we created ArcLab, which is what we term as the world's simplest learning system. So basically what we do is we lower the costs and resources needed to create and consume training. And ArcLab effectively helps the companies to fund free headcount through efficiency gains and money and time saved. So could you describe to us how would a typical training program be like on ArcLab? Mm, that's a great question. I think if you think about how you would set up a training program, it basically needs to go back to the needs of the business. There is uh, skills that are needed to do certain tasks. and if you take that content that you would typically put into a workshop or a training manual and you put it into a very short bite-sized digital learning module and you operate ArcLab as you would operate PowerPoint, you put it into what we call screens, which is the equivalent of slides, one learning point per screen, and you could input in a simple training video, infographic, and we highly recommend rich media because our 
uh, adoption of learning is actually best when we see something visual. And then we test them through assessment screens. And after that, you can certify that at least the theory component of any skill needed for a job uh, can easily be then put into a digital format through ArcLab. So in essence, people will be looking at something the equivalent of an Instagram story when they're going through their training? Almost, but it doesn't disappear after what, 24 hours. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Understand. And, and you mentioned that you were not from the educational background. What were you doing before exactly? Wow. Um, so ArcLab is the second company I founded. Before ArcLab, I co-founded a game-based learning firm. And we use games uh, to teach economics and financial literacy. The... Reason I did that is because my background is actually in finance. My career started at the Monetary Authority of Singapore. I helped to manage our reserves as a fixed income portfolio manager in Singapore and London. So really glad to have played a small part to the NIRC that helps to fund our government's budgets. And it's really such an important support to companies and Singaporeans in today's tough situation. After I left MAS, I lectured at SIM and I also did some corporate training for financial institutions. So really, I guess quite a big career change, which I didn't fully plan, but one thing just led to another. The common denominator in all that is it's, I'm driven by a desire to create impact and I guess hopefully leave the world a better place than I found it. Lab, who would be your closest competition? And most importantly, what is your unfair advantage? Mm, I guess ArcLab is not the only learning authoring platform around. And as you and I talked about this before, I really cheer the good work that other firms do. But for us, right, at ArcLab, we are hyper-focused on serving what we call the deskless workforce, which are rank and file. And we do this through building the world's simplest learning system. Because the deskless workforce niche that we serve, well, actually not really a niche, like it's 2.7 billion globally, we think that it is better served through simplicity. So Adrian, you are an expert in this field, right? And you know this well. Most LMSs in the market are really full-featured and complex. But many features are, in fact, never used. So ArcLab strips the learning system down to the very core of what's needed to deliver training effectively. So just to share a fun fact, uh, a lot of our product meetings are to decide what not to build. And I think ArcLab is not app-based, so there is nothing to download for the learner. We are assessed, so HR and L&D also don't need to install any software. And I think the, the thing that we are really fixated about is making sure that it's fast-free. So there's no complicated or expensive integration work or consultancy fees to pay. You just go to arclab.io, you, you click create, and you get started. And it's a self-service commitment-free model. And we're really excited for anyone who can basically go to the to use a web browser to use ArcLab to offer training in bike sizes. And you asked about what how we're different. I guess the important thing is ArcLab's philosophy is not to come in all guns blazing and tell you know you we need to disrupt you, we get you to change your organization's existing systems. That's not the way we work. We work alongside your existing systems and through our notification API. We allow you to have ArcLab data sent to your existing systems. Last but not least, everything that is created in ArcLab looks exactly like your company. So I know of other platforms where they they have a certain way to build a model, certain way it should look, certain way it should be structured. ArcLab doesn't do that. Instead, every learning module's uh, 
look and feel would be like your company down to the very hex code color of a button. So you mentioned about blue collar workers. So I would take it that those would be your ideal target users. So which, are there specific target companies that would find ArcLab to be a better use case? Hmm. That's a great question, Adrian. I think if we think about who are the, I guess, uh, right audience, there really is none because we all need training. And in fact, ArcLab is industry agnostic and we are not the source of learning content but rather we are the platform provider. So any company, and in fact, every company can and should use uh, ArcLab to upskill your workforce. Uh, that's the general uh, thoughts. But I think if we narrow down a little bit, if you are a multi-location company, let's say you are in manufacturing, you're in retail, you're in F&B and hospitality, and you have a large deskless workforce and the need to deliver training, performance support, or any form of material to teams effectively at scale and in multiple languages, then ArcLab is really an efficient platform to do so. Because if you are so large, you can't actually go person by person to do that training. And that's where technology like ArcLab uh, really helps you to scale this. And how do you charge for an average customer? Um, it's a per learner per month model. So really, there's no upfront commitment. There's no minimums. So basically, you, you can either pay uh, as you go. So in arrears, if you have 10 learners per month, we charge you 10 learners times a subscription, which is $5 per month. Or if you commit to a year, then we obviously build in a, dis uh, a discount for annual subscribers. So really flexible and no minimums and no implementation fees. And, and what are the typical or interesting edge cases of your product since you've started? Mm, great question. Well, ArcLab at its core, is a digital authoring product. So in a nutshell, we empower content creators to unleash their creativity, whether that content is training-related, which is our core use, or not. So we've seen on our platform, obviously, the core use case of bite-sized nano-learning modules. We've seen very high instances of ArcLab being used for onboarding. And we've also seen ArcLab used for surveys. So Pulse, employee engagement, because we have a Likert feature, which allows uh, staff to do ratings and rankings. It's not what ArcLab is built for, but we are just uh, over, really overjoyed to see our users really stretch the boundaries of ArcLab. Other interesting cases we see are company newsletters, which are delivered to staff through our modules and even social media. But recently, there has been an increase in the digitizing of SOPs and training manuals. So as organizations move away from paper-based material to the cloud, and this is what we call performance support, 101s, primers, how-tos, basically anything that helps employees do their job better on the spot. And in fact, very excited by what our users built, and we study anonymized data to also help to map learning gaps, trends, and skills pathways to improve the platform. And I'll share with you that we are looking at ways to open our data in working with industry and government to help with economy-wide and industry-specific skills initiatives. I'm sure all this definitely will help to elevate the skill sets of an individual. But the thing is, does this really matter in a, a state or country like Singapore? Because it's uh, if you look at even my, my career futures, if you want to put in 
uh, an application, you are forced to state what is your qualification I'm looking for. So it, it it's not skill set is a really different ballgame altogether. What's your take on this? Wow, I mean, you've hit upon uh, something that's really close to my heart, Adrian. So we really believe in hiring for skill, right? And all our work in ArcLab is really to 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 meet this vision of continuous upskilling and. You know, our government talks a lot about many paths to success and then they talk about how the, the in, many individuals who don't go the typical secondary school, JC, uh, university route can still be successful and they share about this in the Straits Times. Uh. But to be quite honest, uh, like what you mentioned, if I post a job ad in my career's future, I'm forced to state what is the qualification I'm looking for. And honestly speaking, I would love to leave that blank, but I cannot post the ad if I do so. And to add to your point on qualifications, if I want to do minimum years of experience, I, it's a required field in my career's future. And I also like the option to not fill that in. Why? Because academic qualifications and experience is useful only as a guide. But what I'm ultimately looking for is skill, right? So I'll give you an example. I have many more years of experience playing football than who's the best football player, Cristiano Ronaldo, just because I'm older than him, right? But obviously, I'm not a better footballer. So correlating experience and qualifications to skill is not correct. I mean, I understand that there's a need to filter candidates, especially for popular roles in popular companies. But I think we can make those two fields, academic qualifications and experience, number of years of experience, optional. It's just a simple code fix. and I think that ultimately, even though government says that they want to go this way, oftentimes the implementation doesn't quite reflect that and it's not the fault of government, but sometimes we do need to nudge those who are implementing the systems and uh, processes to uh, really live up to that broad vision that our government and country wants us to go, which is that we want to go skills-based, lifelong learning, and not be fixated on academic qualifications. And I'm certain that based on your past experience in the civil service, it also gives you a lens into how policy are being written. So if you have a magic wand, what other aspect in terms of policy would you hope to have changed in order to nudge ourselves more towards a skills-based uh, workforce? Hmm. Well, this is, this is a tough question to answer because I think... Ultimately, a lot of our intentions from the leadership is actually sound and correct. But I think if we think about how sometimes it may possibly be closeness to the ground that is sometimes lacking, even though I have the best intentions sitting in the ministry leadership, sometimes the right information or the true information, I should say, doesn't really go up to me because ultimately there is a bureaucracy. So I think if we can be a little bit better at getting the true reflection of what's working or what's not working on the ground up to the years of our leadership, I think that would make a lot of sense. But obviously, whether or not it can be done in a practical manner is not uh, certain. I mean, if you ask to answer your question fully, if I can do secret shopper as a minister or I guess a CEO of a step board and really see what's happening on the ground, I think that would really 
be a good way la, to mm. bring us to that goal that we want to go to. Or Undercover Boss. I was a huge fan of ah, that show. That's right, that's right. I, I, I like that. But I think sometimes it's hard to do so. And I can recognize the... But if we can do more Undercover Bosses, I think that would be great. Got it. Roger that. And, and going back to your thought, your, your mention about the years of experience, some wise person actually told me before, sometimes it's not 20 years of experience. Sometimes it's just one year of experience repeated 20 times. That's a so good that's point. actually a very key difference uh, when it comes to the years of experience. I have been in the workforce long enough to witness many people, get to know many people, dislike many people <laughs> who have been in the company just because they have been, they are the last person standing. They refuse to leave, but that doesn't really make them the best person for the job. So I do agree that skill space is something which would make more sense as we move ahead in this dynamic uh, situation. And talking about situation, currently we are going through this pandemic. How has this affected your business as well as your customers' business? Mm, great question, Adrian. And I think this is a tough time for a lot of us in the economy, not just in Singapore, but also globally. But I think that there are some silver linings, right? So for years, we have talked about moving, training, and learning online. It's a big priority for us in Singapore for many years already, but obviously mostly led from the top, as is our usual model. We already see SkillsFuture, among other schemes, as key features that are launched by our government. But the transition, right, and truthfully, Adrian, you know this as well, it has been really hard and slow. I think I mentioned in a previous interview with you, Adrian, that the biggest competition is immersion. We have always done things this way. There's no reason to change. And if you think about it from a corporate career perspective, it is also difficult to propose something new that may backfire. So COVID-19 has turned inertia on its head. I mean, overnight, we are all video conference natives. Ma. We are suddenly Zoom experts, Google Meet experts. We are doing meetings online. We are doing training online. Suddenly, we are purchasing stuff online like there was no tomorrow. And we think nothing of scanning QR codes to get into shopping centers and pay for our purchases. So just like that, we've gone digital. And the classic meme, right? Who is the biggest driver of digital transformation in your organization? Is it your CEO? Is it your CFO? Is it your CTO? Or is it COVID? So the joke, obviously, for most companies is COVID. Lah. But jokes aside, right? Organizations now no longer question the value of digital learning because remote work has become default. So to share with you, last year, our meetings with prospects were typically about, so why should we move training online? Why should we move training mobile? What is the benefit? Well, since COVID, we no longer have that question. It's just a matter of ArcLab's ease of use. How soon can they sign up? Our platform usage, uh, in fact, accelerated when companies started to go into lockdowns and remote working became default. And since February, our monthly average signups and usage is actually four to five times higher than pre-COVID. So we are blessed to have more users trust us during this difficult time. In fact, uh, ArcLab launched our COVID-19 mobile resource pack very early in the pandemic. In April, in fact, we supported companies with a digital learning playbook. We waived our instructional design fees for a time to help companies getting onto the platform because everybody's top line was affected. And we kept Arclet Basic free for everyone. We also tied up with award-winning education firm, Dim Sum Warriors, who use our platform to create COVID-19 education modules for children in 16 different languages. You can check it out at arclet.io slash COVID-19. And one thing that we are now doing, Arclet is part of a larger digital transformation journey of companies. 
we're helping EY and WSG with a transformation pilot for selected companies. And we're part of a larger discussion with one of our customers to virtualize their experience for staff. So we continue to invest in improving ArcLab's platform to really repay the trust of our users. But bearing in mind that our goal remains to serve the deskless workforce. And the way we do that is to do the all we can to make sure that the platform remains the world's simplest learning system. And for that, we're still in day one of our journey. That's awesome. What has been key moments in your journey to hit you in the head that I'm on the right track? Wow. I think no key moments, moments per se. Startups are a long game. Adrian, you are experienced founder yourself, so you know what I mean. But key to every startup's journey, and most importantly, continued existence, is you need to solve a problem that customers are willing to pay you money for. We were glad to have our first user when we launched our MVP. And talking about moments, we were glad to have our first annual subscriber, which helps us with our cash flow certainty. We were glad to help customers to save even more time and resource in creating training when we launch our suite product to combine uh, course content and platform. And we were really glad to have the trust of customers coming onto our platform in the last six months. We were glad to be supported by AWS. We were glad to be supported by our investors, Tinker Tanker, Space, and Biz Ventures. So really little, little steps. Lah. I think unlike, I guess, football cups or where you win a final, Adrian, you know I'm a football fan, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan, but really it's more like a football league, right? Where you win one game, one nil, then you win another game, 6-1, then you win 35 more, and then you win the league. So addition of small, small steps. So what's next on the roadmap for ArcLab? What are your plans for the rest of this year as well as 2021? Well, we are grateful to have raised some funding during uh, the pandemic, and we're excited to tap on the network and expertise of our, ex- of our investors. So our goal now is really to scale the product, scale growth, scale distribution, both here in Singapore and beyond. So recently, we signed a channel partnership with a company in Hong Kong, and we're in discussions with a company in Japan. We also have ambitions to bring ArcLab further to Europe as the next port of call. So we're discussing right now with a potential partner with, uh, in Italy and the UK. So if you have interest to work with us to upskill 2.7 billion deskless workers, really would love to have a conversation with you. So I take it that you're hiring right now. What are the specific roles that you're looking for? Uh, yes, Adrian, we are hiring. Steven and I, uh, Steven, our CTO and I are building the core ArcLab team. So we just welcomed Martin, who is our learning designer and ST, our software engineer. Currently, we are recruiting for a B2B sales lead and a UI UX designer. Down the road, we will also be looking to add to the digital marketing team. Awesome. So for people who is interested to learn more about ArcLab, where can they go to? They can head to www.arclab.io or also can connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, James. Thanks for coming on to the show. It has been a lovely time speaking with you to learn more about your opinion, your idea, as well as about Arclab. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, you'll be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Adrian Tan Show.